Hello, and welcome to season two of Radical Embodiment, the podcast. I am your host, Emily Wishall, and I am an embodiment coach, a certified rolfer, and author of the book, Radical Embodiment, a practical guide to celebrating the skin you're in. And this season, I am excited to bring you guests and interviews. So there will be 12 episodes for season two, and I will be interviewing people who have been coaches, teachers of mine in the embodiment world, the coaching world, feminine, manifesting business, and just people that I have a lot of deep respect for and was curious to hear their take on embodiment and what they had to say in that conversation. So I hope you enjoy the conversations as much as I enjoyed recording them and that you have some clear, tangible takeaways and insights and that they inspire you to live a more radically embodied life. So let's go into the episodes. Hello and welcome to episode four of season two for Radical Embodiment, the podcast. I am your host, Emily Wishall, and I'm an embodiment coach and a certified rolfer focusing on supporting women in shifting the narrative that our worth is tied into our weight. And I'm really excited to bring you today's conversation. Today I get to interview Don Todd, who has been my personal coach for almost the past two years. I have known her professionally since I first opened my rolfing practice seven years ago. I've known her professionally. I have known her personally. I received support from her and her work has deeply benefited and supported me. And so Dawn is a teacher, she's an author, she's a serial entrepreneur. She has been a body worker herself for over 30 years. She has also been, and for the past 15 years, she has been an author, a speaker, and an executive business consultant. Dawn is also, she trains, she's a breathwork facilitator, has been doing breathwork for 25 plus years. She brings a really amazing approach and has a really deep understanding of trauma healing, prosperity consciousness, and intention alongside grounded business practices. And I can speak to that firsthand. So I hope this is an enjoyable conversation for you. It's one that I even shared with Don after we recorded. I was like, oh, it feels a little edgy, but it's an important conversation. We go into what Don identifies as the feminine manifesting map, and she goes into each specific part of that. So go ahead and listen to the episode. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. And here we are with Don Todd. Don, I'm so really so excited to get to be oh, here to interview you. Oh, my you. gosh. I'm so honored to be interviewed by you in this work. Like you, girl, you are making it happen. I'm really excited for you. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. Yeah, uh, it is my pleasure. So I'd love to <laughs> start with the question of what does embodiment mean to you? Oh my gosh, that is such a great question. You know, it means different things to different people. You know, uh, for me, embodiment means a full allowing of my soul or my spirit to be as anchored into my body as it possibly can. Mm -hmm. Because the body is really our tool, our guidance, you know, being uh, spiritually awake does not involve leaving the body. <laughs> it involves getting into the body. Yeah. So to me, radical embodiment is just this radical commitment to allowing the soul and the body to really merge. It's a beautiful definition. I love oh, that. Thank you. I love that. And there's so much I could say on it, but, <laughs> what, but to keep the conversation going is what I'd love to know. And I've, I've been starting these conversations in this radical embodiment dialogue, you know, starting getting people's just different definitions around embodiment. And then how each individually, like how have, as in your own evolution, in your own growth path, the more that you have become, you know, experience yourself as more embodied, how have you seen that in supporting you in your relationship with your body, you know, specifically in regards to supporting you and being able to feel like you really fully can embrace and love your body? I think that's also an excellent question because it's really difficult to be radically embodied if you're not okay with the body. You have, there's this element of having to 
be okay with all of its quirks and warts and weirdnesses and just recognize that somehow everything is in its perfect order. And I think that that can be really hard sometimes culturally. We are not the message we get. But yeah. for me, being more embodied has really contributed to my inner sense of success. It definitely contributes to profit in my business. It definitely contributes to just a feeling of well-being and just, you know, uh, and really being willing to feel what I feel, including, yeah. <laughs> including, you know, things that really turn me on that maybe I didn't realize they really turned me on, right? Like following following the pleasure and you can't really follow the pleasure if you're not radically embodied. So. Yeah. And if you're not in your body. So I want to kind of pull apart that if you don't mind, when you said it, like your own, like inner sense of success, it helps support that. I'm curious, like, what do you mean by that? Well, I created a system called the feminine manifesting map. Is it okay if we talk about that? Yeah. Yes, please. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, which is a system of understanding how everything that's happening in business is related to what's happening in our body. And this may seem like a kind of a weird concept, but did you know that it was less than like 60 years ago, people really didn't understand that our emotions were connected to our body? Like that was a radical concept. Yeah. And that was something we know for a fact and we take for granted. And likewise, all the things we're experiencing in our life, but especially our business when we're spiritual entrepreneurs is connected to three major power centers in the body. And so understanding how that works and what each of these power centers relate to and what aspect of business really helps in your product creation decisions in your sales and marketing strategies, in the vision you have, the marketing you do, all of those. If you're not in touch with what's happening in your body, it's easy to make decisions that are based on what someone else thinks is important or the newest guru or the newest five-step formula from Facebook. You know, right. you got to listen to your body because your body is always new. Like the... the 10x your income in one webinar, right? right? You're right. always in regards to making more money in regards to your business in regards mm -hmm. to losing five to 10 pounds in regards to, you know, the next diet. I feel like for me, and I want to make sure we, we're going to go back and dive in specifically into the feminine manifesting map. Cause that's such like great wisdom that I think we could all learn a lot from, but it just where it, even from what you're sharing makes me think of in regards to when we can be in our body and even using this map to support us and learning how to connect there better to support us and guiding us in our decisions. So we're not so swayed as we navigate through our day, which we're all constantly bombarded, especially if you are on social media, if you are in your email, if you are looking at the news, and if you don't have some sort of connection to your inner self, you're probably going to think, you know, that, oh, I need this. I need that. Like whatever insecurity is currently running loudest mm -hmm. in your subconscious, you're going to think you need to buy that diet. You're going to think you need to buy that program. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that is also driven by the things that really excite us or light us up or turn us on because it's actually our turn on that little titillation energy. That's kind of the law of attraction at work. So if you're not really clear about what that exactly is, you end up attracting things that you don't really want, especially if what you don't want is more of a turn on than what you do want. You know yeah. I mean? Can you please speak to that? And do you mind giving like, you don't have to necessarily give a personal example, but I'll I, give I you a personal example. Yeah. I, will. But I think that a lot of us are unconsciously attracting things. We, you know, don't consciously think we want, but we actually are set, like getting turned on by it. I know. Right. Yeah. So I started really playing around with this. It's based on the work of existential kink and really under like understanding that concept, but then really diving into it and how it relates into our business. And just for me personally, it was a pretty big wake up call when I realized I got really turned on by a lower amount of money than I was trying to manifest. And I realized that it really turned me on to be a little bit more vulnerable 
than I really wanted to be. Like there was this whole kind of twisted thing about vulnerability and being taken care of and deliberately making myself vulnerable so that I could experience the turn on that I got from being taken care of rather than taking care of myself. So mm -hmm. fucked up, right? <laughs> so messed up. Yeah. So what it sounds like what you were exploring is what you realized for yourself is you actually were like, you were desiring to bring mm -hmm. in a certain amount of money. And instead you kept, you were bringing in a lower amount. And then you finally realized, oh, it's because you actually got turned on by needing to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, even though you really actually desire to be able to. Yeah. Right. And, and separating how I like to be taken care of being taken care of by my husband in our marriage is way different than being taken care of in business. Right. Like I also had to separate those two things out. So and all of that comes down to these three power centers because where we really feel it is in this lower feminine power center that's and this is just to she's going to we specifically into the feminine manifesting map so these yeah. is the three power centers of the, the three power centers of the feminine manifesting yeah. map the lower one is all about our sensuality sexuality money our legacy our products you know what we create from a soulful place, what really feels super good in our body and turns us on is typically something that our soul is really asking us to do. Mm. Because when a soul fully embodies and it uh, comes all the way into the body, it buckles down into the perineum. So when you're all power centers are lit up, you're typically fully embodied. And mm. So for a lot of women, that power center is either offline for many different reasons, right? But they're not in touch with their sensuality or their sexuality. And yeah. so they kind of cut themselves off from their money and clarity about what their product or offering actually is. It's really easy to be swayed about when you're not really grounded in that power center. And so you end up choosing products or product launches or offerings that aren't like dead center for you they're close but not dead center on because you're not fully saying yes to yourself and that really starts with saying yes to your sensuality hmm. um, and could that relate to say if somebody like doesn't necessarily have their own business but you know works for somebody I'm sure I'm pulling apart my own you know deciphering meaning like that would still apply to them if they're not connected to their sensuality or sexuality that that would translate in regards to maybe how they feel in regards to work or satisfaction or mon monetarily. Yeah. Like, right. Like how, what kind of work you're doing, what kind of jobs you keep looking for, what kind of work situation you find yourself tolerating yeah. that keeps you playing small, that mm -hmm. not in alignment with what you know, you're really supposed to be doing. And I'll be sort of bold to say that when we're not really in deep alignment with our soul's impetus but, and allow ourselves to be fully radically embodied, in a way, it's a form of prostitution because we're really, we're giving up something so vital just for the benefit of someone else, mm -hmm. right? It's why I feel like being in touch with soul work, soulful, sensual work is so important. Yeah. That's yeah. Kind of so that's the first statement, but... <laughs> It is. It is. And like, I can see where that's coming from too, right? Like, cause what I'm imagining is like, if you're not connected there, you're popping up and out and you're just, not that you're necessarily operating your life like a robot, but there's like a robot mm -hmm. essence to right. it where, okay, I do this because I'm told I should, I'm doing this mm -hmm. for this person's approval. I'm doing this but there's no sense of what is it that turns me on? What is it that I desire to do? What is it that delights me and wakes mm -hmm. me up? Right. What, what is the, the, yeah. Where, where am I lit up about this? Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I think is key in this conversation of wanting to learn to love our bodies more in this conversation of being embodied of, yeah. Okay. So that's the first power center is yes. lower in sensuality and sexuality. Mm -hmm. So is that like navel below? Yeah, usually like navel and below down to the perineum, that whole pelvic bowl area. Yeah. Love the pelvic bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so what's the second power center? The second one is around the heart. And mm -hmm. this relates to our sales and marketing in business. 
This is where we work with asking for the sale, telling people how much you charge, saying yes, not discounting your services, feeling confident about inviting someone into a sales conversation and not shirking back from it. This is really, really difficult uh, for soulful women because we've been really trained to live from the heart, which of course is awesome. But when we only live from the heart without some, without this lower feminine power center to hold us, we don't have a base to rest on, then this heart ends up just getting pulled out. We're always about the heart, right? Yeah. And can you repeat uh, that one more time? Cause that's so important. And I think it's some step like that so many of us or women aren't able to access the part of the heart being able to receive the support from below. Right. So think of it like a snowman. And if, yeah. if it's a three snowball snowman mm-hmm. and there's no snowball on the bottom, all you have is one here and one here, we'll talk about the upper one in a minute then you just get pulled by your heart. It's like, I just have to follow my heart and there's nothing anchoring you down. So you just end up floating along, which is lovely, right? And it is super heartfelt, but then it's also really hard to set boundaries for yourself. And in the sales and marketing process, it's the place where you can actually see it. If, uh, if you watch body language, people will kind of shirk over like the shoulders or cover the heart. Mm. the roll over to kind of protect from, well, I don't really want to have to ask you this. Is it okay if I ask for the sale or? Oh, I did that so much early on in my rolfing practice. Yeah. It's $10, but for you, I'll do eight, right? would ask me the price. And before I'd even say it, I would shirk like that. And and for those who are listening to this and don't have the video, um, yeah, like just like kind of, Dawn's just kind of leaning back. Yeah. Shoulders running forward from like kind of that upper part of the sternum breastbone. But yeah, before people would even ask, what I would try, I would tell them my right, but I'm like, but, but, but like, I'm happy to give discounts. And for you, right. I'll just, I was so quick to just be like, mm-hmm. let's just discount it. Let's just discount right. it. And right. I remember one dear client who was like, Emily, I want to pay, like, you do not need to give me a discount. Please yeah. let me pay you what you charge. And she really taught me a lot in really receiving mm-hmm. my rate. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and yeah. just know that that's an evolutionary response to mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. really comes from when we were tribal living and, and, you know, if a woman or a person said something that other people took offense to, you would be kicked out of the tribe. And for women, mm-hmm. if we're kicked out of the tribe with our children, we will die. Yeah. There's no if, ands, or buts. It's not, you have to live in a tribe in those, you know, ancient tribal cultures. You had to. So we've really learned to not, not get ourselves kicked out of the tribe. Right. And then of course, rolling forward so many times when women have been not allowed to speak and, you know, again, another whole conversation, but sales and marketing lives here and it's how we create the sales and marketing system when what our product is soul informed and we're resting on the, the, the base of that. We're super grounded in it. Then it becomes very easy to invite people to what you're doing. It's more like this is an invitation into the world I'm creating rather than I'm trying to sell you something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think of it so much structurally. So often that comes up in the work I do with uh, my coaching clients of, you know, as we can receive the structural support, which even just energetically mm-hmm. to it actually, I, I have found helps shift structurally. The more we can bring our attention awareness there, then the more the, the heart can truly surrender and rest upon that inherent support from the pelvis so that the mm-hmm. shoulders and the neck don't have to grip on so much. We don't have to hold ourselves right. up together so much. So I see so much overlap. And, and after you finish going through the three centers, I just want to make a mental note now, I, like, cause I'm curious, I see such overlap between this, like the manifesting map in regards to business and money and our body. And I think also how we feel about our body and our relationships with our body. So we'll, we'll get to that somebody tour, but I, yeah, um, it's curious to me. Okay. So the second manifesting center, the second power center is the heart. It's around the heart and around I call heart. it the power center of grace. The power center of grace. Yes. It's I just a that. very graceful when it's operating well, you know, it's a very graceful woman. Yeah. And the first was the power center of influence of pleasure of pleasure. Mm-hmm. So we have the first was 
power center of pleasure, second power center of grace, mm-hmm. and then the third. Yes, third one's all about wisdom and making our, it's the third uh, power center located right around the third eye area. And it's our vision of where we're going, our connection to spirit, you know, our upper connection to spirit, expanding in a big way in business. It's writing your book, doing your marketing, blogging, email newsletters, like anytime you're getting the word out, it comes from this power center. And it's also the place where we often get like the first vision of what's possible in our business. And many traditional business conversations start at this upper power center with like, what's the size of the market? And how many people bought this last year? And what are the good SEO words for this? And, oh, this is a great SEO term. I should write a book about that. Then it goes to, oh, how easy would it be to sell it? What's, you know, what's the market share we can get? Finally, it goes to, are we going to make money on this? There's Mm -hmm. not really the question of, is the soul aligned for me? And this downward flow of energy is the think and grow rich kind of idea. Like you're thinking about it, it's happening, you're manifesting it. It works awesome, especially if you're a man. But for women that are more, soulful entrepreneurs, heart-centered entrepreneurs, divine feminine business owners, we really have to start at the bottom and ask ourselves, what would really, really turn me on? Like, not just light me up, but what, what gets me a little titillated? Yes, that thing. Let's do that. And then we bring the energy up to, would I, would I love this? Yeah, I think I would. We might talk about it with a friend. And then we'll get like a, a vision of how it can manifest. But it's so important to not write the book <laughs> before you really embody the work, right? Yeah. And I yeah. see a lot of people starting with a book or starting with some big, big idea and not really taking the time to ground it and embody it. Mm-hmm. Mm, Hey, this is Emily, and I am interrupting this podcast interview to let you know about an offering that I have. If you are a woman and you are currently in your story of really feeling challenged in regards to your relationship with your body, where it feels like a struggle, it takes so much energy or time to get dressed in the morning because you just feel like nothing really looks good on you, or you've noticed you're constantly obsessing or worried over food of how much or how little you should eat, or how much or how little you should exercise and using exercise or movement more for punishment, and just overall feeling not good in your own skin feeling maybe sluggish, tired, feeling disconnected, maybe even feeling ashamed. If you resonate with that and are ready and desiring some support to help create a shift in that narrative, then I invite you to schedule your complimentary Embracing Radical Embodiment call with me today. This is a completely free call. It will just be you and I, and I will support you in at least having one tangible takeaway step from that call. So even from that free call alone, you will have a tangible action or new insight or awareness, embodiment practice that's specific to you that will support you in starting to shift the needle of being stuck in the narrative that our worth, that our enoughness is tied into the way our physical appearance looks and instead be able to connect with yourself and connect with your body. And of course, on that call, if it feels like a fit mutually, I will let you know what it would look like to work longer term with me one-on-one. But there's no pressure and it's always a joy for me, honestly, to get to connect with women in that way through those conversations because the story specifically around our bodies, there's a lot of shame involved with it. And when we are in that shame loop, if we are not sharing that story with another trusted support, then we're only feeding the shame. Shame feeds and lives in the shadow by being internalized, by our ego telling us that we can do it all on our own, that we're okay, that when the truth is, we need support. 
especially if you are feeling like you are unhappy with your body. It doesn't have to be that way. The rest of your life doesn't have to be with you obsessing over pounds on the scale. I know this because I've been there. I've been on that side and I know what it feels like to really honestly, truly love and embrace my body exactly as my body is. So if you are interested in scheduling that call with me, the Embracing Radical Embodiment call, be sure to look at the show notes in the podcast link. And if you can't see it there, you can go to my website, radicalembodiment.com. And if you go to where it says like work with Emily one-on-one, there's a link right there that'll take you to schedule that call. So go to the show notes, go to radicalembodiment.com. And thanks for letting me interrupt this episode to share that with you. Now back to the interview. I think it's yeah. so is the third power center the power of wisdom or the center of wisdom, sorry? Wisdom and it I in marketing and business, putting yourself out there, big vision. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that with us. What I'm curious about, and you'll let me know if you're like, yes, that correlates or that like, <laughs> you know, you resonate with that because this is your manifesting map. But even as you were talking about, you know, like third eye, if you don't know. Like, which is right where, you know, like the pineal gland sits. I'm even thinking if somebody's sitting and maybe not only do they want, you know, to have something in their business, but they're also desiring a different experience in their body or a different experience in their relationship. I would imagine you could use this map to support you in what it is. I mean, you call it the manifesting map, right? What it is you're desiring to manifest. So say if you're desiring to have a relationship with your body that you really love, that you really get to feel delight and pleasure in that this would be a good place, a good maybe way to go through it. Cause then even when you're getting into the, the wisdom in the mind, even just sitting with the vision of how it is you want to feel. That's absolutely true. It doesn't really matter what you're, what you're inviting in, what you're manifesting. You know, I think my filter is often business. I've been a business coach for a really long time. So, and a body worker too. So I have this, that frame or that filter that I, I see things through. But it, at the end of the day, anything that you really deeply desire mm-hmm. and that creates a feeling of turn on, like not just a, it would be good or gosh, that sounds fun, but something where you're like, oh yeah, that's, that is the thing, right? That's where you start. So when you're thinking about a relationship, like or a relationship with your body, if you had any relationship you could have with your body, what would feel so good that you would actually allow yourself to feel deep erotic pleasure? Like drop into that feeling of eroticism is a great word for it because the universe really is erotic. Everything in it, everything that's happening in creation is erotic. So this gets me wondering, uh, I'm with you and I am just thinking of somebody who might be listening to this and if this might be new or different, especially if it's a vision where you feel maybe you're pretty far from it. So first, yes, feeling far from the vision, like, oh, that feels out of reach, even though you really, really, really want it. And then secondly, even this idea of, okay, like really dropping into the eroticism of it and allowing yourself to feel the pleasure of that, to really drop into the certainty of what it is that you want might also bring up. So both, both, both scenarios, I think might also bring up a lot of shame for somebody, a lot of feelings like Mm -hmm. one, this is bad. This is wrong. I shouldn't do this. This is too self-indulgent. Oh, I'm never going to get there. It's too far away. It's too, I got to just make it smaller. What, and and if it's best to maybe answer one scenario at a time to decipher, Mm -hmm. it might be, I'm realizing that I'm saying it out loud, but yeah, what might, what would advice would you give to somebody who's. So what I would say is if it feels like, and I, I will admit this is a big, like, if you've just listened to our conversation of the last few minutes, I mean, if you really dove into that that's big work that's not <laughs> right I mean that's like you should get help I mean not big. help but like you should have support no, you, you might want to find someone you could talk to about this it, <laughs> yeah. it's deep work mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but the place to start is deciding that it's okay to feel a little bit of pleasure 
Yeah. And that pleasure could be anything. Yeah. In fact, here's a great example. When I just was moving my necklace, I noticed like right here on my chest, I was like, oh, that feels really good right there. Yeah. Like, I like that, you know? And like for me to even notice that in the middle of an interview, I'm like, okay, I'm getting better. It's saying yes to things that are pleasurable just for a minute, right? Yeah. And what a great example, because that feels not that I want to say it's like neutral pleasure, but it feels more neutral nature because I think pleasure in itself can feel like a dirty word, especially for mm -hmm. so many women who have been shamed or wrong for their sensuality, for their sexuality. They don't want to be overt, right? Or overly indulgent, but pleasure is so much more than sexuality, than sensuality. Yes, it's a part of it, but like pleasure is so innocent in nature. You look at a little mm -hmm. child who's just like, enjoying themselves or enjoying their food or enjoy taking delight being in nature, right? They're such like a pleasure experience. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just have to tell you this. The yeah. other day, my husband and I were having dinner and it was so good. And I was kind of humming while I was yes. eating. And he's like, are you humming while you're eating? I was like, oh yes, yeah, sorry. I was like, I'll try not to do that. And then I had a, a little sip of wine and it was so good. And he was like, are you humming again? I'm like, yeah, sorry. I'm I humming. totally, I feel like maybe I've gotten better. I don't know. I haven't, people haven't called me out. I totally moan when I eat. I don't, I don't even realize. I'm a food moaner. Yes. It was about 10 or 11 years ago and I was volunteering full time at a homeless shelter and was back in like the staff office and first was like stretching and was doing some fourfold and was just like moaning and enjoying myself and my my coworker, another fellow volunteer she was like Emily will you stop that's so gross <laughs> I didn't even know that I was doing it I was like oh I'm sorry I wasn't even aware well then like you know 30 minutes to an hour later I had brought my dinner back into the staff office and was eating similar experience mm -hmm. I guess from shelter food <laughs> right um, whatever it takes baby, right? I don't remember but again was was moaning while I was eating and this this colleague of mine again was like Emily can you stop I'm like oh Sorry, I'm just just over here enjoying my just over here enjoying and my, my, my food, food and, right? Yeah, um, there's but so there's, there's find so, yeah. some pleasure somewhere, right? Yeah. Whether it's whether it's erotic spiritual pleasure or food or we just don't even take enough time to enjoy things, yeah. you know, to just grasp that momentary pleasure because mm -hmm. it's always so fleeting, you know. I love that. And just even just maybe starting with those small doses to help mm -hmm. increase your own capacity and okayness with being with pleasure, with feeling pleasure before you feel like you need to shut it down or move to the next thing. Well, to be and for women, like pleasure is so nourishing for our yeah. nervous system. It really tonifies the nervous system. When you have high cortisol levels, that's when you start feeling like you don't you just want to lay on the couch and eat potato chips. Mm -hmm. That's a cortisol response. Your body is desperately trying to get you to just chill out and find some pleasure. And studies show that even when a woman imagines something pleasurable, like if she was to imagine a sexy encounter or imagine a great dinner out with friends, mm -hmm. just the um, your imagination will start to turn on those healing chemicals in your body that help you yeah help you say yes to yourself and feel better in your body so I'm so glad you brought that up because there is a very clear true physiological mm -hmm. response that happens for women when they are receiving more pleasure again doesn't just have to be sexual pleasure it's so, it's so important right it's not just this mm -hmm. esoteric or ethereal idea it is actually a physiological I think like almost I would say like need especially in our world, right? Like to nourish our nervous system is oh so important, gosh. especially if we want to be there for our family, for our partners, for our friends, our community, we need to nourish ourselves and giving yourself little doses of pleasure as you go through your day. I mean, I'm wearing this like poncho thing and I don't have specifically purpose. I don't have a shirt underneath it. Cause I like the feel of it on my skin. Mm -hmm. I like That's the way I got it my feels. soft sweater on. <laughs> yeah. And I, I get like a little bit more like airflow on my skin, mm -hmm. through, which feels really good to me. So, yeah. and that's not taking any extra time, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think too, this idea of, well, there's just no time for it also isn't, isn't fully true. Yeah. Time is, time is a funny thing. Uh, there's a lot of outside influences that want control over our time. 
and our time is ours. And when we're in sovereignty, we get to decide how we use our time. So yes, let's talk about sovereignty. Sovereign. Let's talk about what that word means. Let's start there. Like what to you does being in sovereignty or being in our full sovereignty, what does that mean to you? Being in full sovereignty means that you are making choices for your body and your soul independent of what other people expect from you or other outdated soul contracts. So I love that. I read that. I don't know, a few weeks ago, I Googled the definition of sovereignty and one is the ability of a state to govern itself. Mm, um, I like that too. And then it was, or another state. <laughs> it was like, right. let's just, you know, let's just go. Okay. So I feel like that feels so important, this conversation around being embodied and being able to connect with your feminine manifesting map. Even you just shared, you know, about time and that's what, you know, how you brought up the word sovereign people are pulling you or wanting your time. Do you have any stories like that could give an example? So like, you know, we're talking of the theory of, or, you know, the definition of sovereignty, but do you have any like personal shares or stories that might be helpful to just put into perspective of one, ourselves being in our full sovereignty, how that supports the people that we love and care about in our lives, as well as giving those that we care about permission to be in their full sovereignty and really choose what's right for them and how that supports them and all of us and ultimately getting to have more pleasure more fun, more joy, more connection in our experience? Yeah, there's a lot to that question. But what yeah. came to mind was empowering people around me personally to be in their full sovereignty. Because if I don't do that, mm -hmm. then at some level, I'm saying, I know what's better for you than you know. I know what's better for you than your soul knows. So therefore, you should follow my rules. Mm. And that's just not accurate. And I do think as I'm thinking too of my kids, you know, like that is not something we're typically taught as a mom. Like I came up in a time when kids were your property. They were your kids, mm. how they behaved reflected on you. If they were bad, you were a bad parent. There's a lot of bad mom stuff that goes on. So being in sovereignty means that I release myself from those outdated obligations and I release the people around me to make their own decisions, like to govern themselves and trust that their guidance and wisdom has their back just as much as the universe has my back. Mm. And that's, it can be hard with family for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great example. I mean, I can't imagine being a mom and really living that, right? And really it's difficult, yeah, for sure. But it's once you're practice a certain age, but still yeah. being able to let that go. And yeah, I'm happy that I'm hearing this now because I do one day really want to be a mom. And so it helps me just you're gonna be an amazing mom. You yourself. just are gonna be such a good, good mother. Yeah. Tula's giving me really good practice. Aww. And I haven't, I, I give her some sovereignty. That's actually do. She gets, yeah. <laughs> she gets to, and then I project on her what I think her needs. And if you don't know, Tula's my dog. <laughs> yes. And she's adorable too. She's an adorable dog. Um, is there anything else you want to say about full sovereignty? So we, which would probably dives into this is one of the questions and curiosities I wanted to pick your brain around is the connection between pleasure and money that. I also think the connection like between money and, and body, like our relationship with our body. And I have found in my own personal story, the more that I have come to really be embodied, to really like embrace my body as it is versus seeing my body as a problem, trying to fix my body, the more my finances have naturally shifted mm -hmm. and flowed in a way that's more supportive of a lifestyle that I want to live, which has made me curious about that connection around body image and money and being that this is like your zone of genius. I wanted to hear your take on that. Well, one thing I'll say right off the bat is, and there's a lot of studies that show that women who have a non-typical body end up making less money than women with a more typical body, which I think is complete bullshit. Wow. You know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, also, 
hair color and you know hair texture played into that too oh it's a it's a, quite an old study but that there is something in our culture about how a woman looks and how much money she makes so there's that but there's also a deep connection between money and which i just sorry i just want to say one thing about that because like even in my book like i talk about women weight and worth and it's important to dissect out that we're not wrong for having built a lot of our worth around our weight or around the way we look because mm -hmm. of especially united states how our society and culture has ingrained and trained us and even just a study that you're talking about, Don, of like actually showcasing that in the workplace. And so I just think it's important to just name that like it's big work to rewrite this narrative, to really step into yes. my, my worth is not related to my weight or my, you know, the way my physical body looks. It's big work and there's no shame or wrongness or guilty for feeling like, oh, wow, like here, I, like if you're, you know, noticing thoughts come up around that. I just wanted to name that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So how we feel, our, our shadow feelings about money are very often mirrored in our shadow feelings about sex and pleasure. Mm. So if I was to say, oh, I, I want more, but I just can't get it. Or other people are having way too much of that. Or nice girls don't do that. Or it's just too much. I, I can't do that. Mm. Like all of those statements could relate to sex or money. <laughs> mm -hmm. right? They're mm -hmm. very similar beliefs and interestingly held in the same place, same power center in the body. Right. 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 So the more we are uncovering saying yes to pleasure and, and saying, yeah, again, being fully embodied, then we're saying yes to more life force and money is energy, life force energy. Mm. So the more open our channel is, the more we're able to receive in pleasure, the more money we're able to hold in our field. And it sounds kind of crazy, but really... You can come up this conversation from two places. You can do a lot of money work, but mm -hmm. if you forget the pleasure work, then it you can only go so far. You can do the pleasure work, but you can only go so far until you do the money work. They have to kind of meet in the middle. Yeah. 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 yeah and even those thoughts that you were sharing, it made me kind of smirk chuckle inside of like, <laughs> they're having way too much or like, right? I just can't get enough. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> right it could be sex that, or money right yeah so that's mm -hmm. so curious to or like or look how they're showing that off what are they doing uh, right mm -hmm. i mean that could be a lamborghini or it could be a lot of pda you know <laughs> yeah right? yeah i would really invite listeners anyone listening to this to really like if you're resonating with this, look at those ways that maybe those, you know, over the next day or week, those thoughts mm -hmm. that come up as judgments of around money, around sex, and starting to make your own connections and correlations for yourself, because that in of itself is, is really powerful awareness to have. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, and so in this conversation of like the connection between, you know, receiving pleasure and money and how that relates to self-consciousness and body image. I'm curious to have you share a little bit about like, cause there's so many ways I think that we each, like we say no to our body by like not owning our pleasure. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, we carry a lot of shame about the way that we look. So how would you, you know, sensuality, and you can tell me if this is sensuality as the law of attraction, but how that can support us out of that loop of feeling the shame around the way our body looks, feeling like we have, you know, all the different quote unquote ways that our brain sees are really valid reasons that we need to say no to our body's desire of pleasure. And how can we use that idea that sensuality is a law of attraction to support us out of that? So I think that's kind of a two-pronged answer. I'll start with body shame and how that affects everything that's happening. Shame is kryptonite for women. It completely just shuts down 
our mojo. I mean, it's like you could just cut, just close the pipeline to your life force energy, to your sexuality, and really to your money. Mm. Because shame is, it just undermines a woman so much. So coming out of shame is, again, big work, right? And something I would really encourage you to, if you're listening to this, you know, get on Emily's calendar because this is her, her expertise place about shame and how it lands in the body. But I think that moving out of shame starts with just acknowledging what's actually happening, like what's true, what's really true here, right? And being willing to just have a conversation with another person that witnesses that for you. Mm. Because even though you're saying, hey, I'm having a problem with this, choosing a person who can see you in your highest potential allows that shame to kind of fade from you. Because when you're talking with someone and they're really witnessing you in your highest potential, mm -hmm. they're seeing something in you that you don't even see yourself. Right. So it could be your mom, maybe a trusted friend, a girlfriend, someone like that, someone who's really going to focus on what is the, the beautiful truth about you and less on the shame. And then also seeing a therapist sometimes depends on what the shame is about, mm -hmm. you know, sexual trauma, sexual shame, I think really is super helpful to have a therapist or a coach or a mentor work with you around that. And starting to just decide that shame is not going to run your life anymore and that you are going to take charge of your life and your sovereignty. And that's just a decision, right? Just deciding that I'm in charge of what I experience and I'm in charge of how I feel. And today I'm going to choose something different. So that's one piece. Do you have thoughts about that? Do you, what's your... No, I agree with what you said. I mean, I love the example of sharing with someone you really trust who will like hold you in your highest potential. Because if we're just, okay, it's great. Yes, make the decision. Shame is not going to run my life, right? I get to be the driver of my life. And you got to do more than just say that internally. Mm -hmm. You do need to share it with somebody. It needs to be witnessed. It needs to be, I think of it like brought out in the light. Yes, so it needs to be witnessed. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Shame. It, it, it lives in the darkness. It feeds and grows mm -hmm. in the darkness. And our ego, our mind, will often can be like, "Well, I can just do it on my own. I'm doing okay. I'm doing right? okay. It's, I'll get through this." Yeah, it's a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then, as far as seduction and you know, I think of seduction as like the new law of attraction because seduction is the really the operating principle behind it you know we've always we, we called it law of attraction is sort of like the disney version of what's really happening you know what i mean like if you want to talk about the adult version the adult version is if it turns you on sister it's in your life and if if it's in your life at some level it turns you on mm. that's the deeper piece of the mind fuck because you start to realize that there's things in your life that you get turned on by that don't you don't really like like I gave the example of earlier where wow. like wanting to be taken care of was more important than being independent mm -hmm. and really getting that in my body mm -hmm. yeah no that's that's not that's not the direction I wanted to go right right, right. yeah so the idea is that seduction is the law of attraction. Seduction is the law of attraction. <laughs> I like that. Um, it makes me excited and blush a little bit since we're on my podcast. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you could, you know, I'm like thinking of like, what are some PG rated things that I would seduce? I love the idea of seducing your body. That's actually something I love. And I invite clients into mm. in regard, like, and so, you know, to, to just bring this idea of seduction as a law of attraction or, you know, this whole conversation, which is, I love, you know, you, you are a business coach, right? And it's so specific to business, but it can apply to so many avenues and aspects mm -hmm. of our life, what we're desiring to create and cultivate. And so, 
you are desiring to cultivate, you know, more peace, more deep love, serenity for your body. I think you, you do need to seduce your body. Sometimes I have clients have a week where they're dating their body, right? Like if you were like dating somebody, like how do you show up on those dates, right? How do you show up with your food? How do you show up with your skin, your, the care that you tend to? And it's so fun. It's like this, like, like you were talking about like titillation that I, that turn on that usually mm-hmm. you feel when you're newly dating somebody that like they're, you're, they're, you're being courted. Like, what is it like to court your body? And I think the more you can even play with that idea of seduction, seducing your body in regards to it being that law of attraction is going to support more of, if you are desiring that experience of embracing your body, how it is, it 1000% will bring you there. Yes. I would call that seducing yourself and, or going on a date with yourself, which I love to like get dressed up and, and take myself someplace that I really want to go by myself. Mm -hmm. I don't need to Mm -hmm. to have a companion. I'm going to go to the exact restaurant I want. I'm going to sit where I want. I'm going to order exactly what I want, Yeah, you know, and the, and thinking about that in advance, like, you know, the waiter, super attentive waiter I get it exactly the way I want it like being willing to ask for what I want Mm. and receive it right and Mm. taking as much time as I want with that I think like I'm honestly kind of flabbergasted by how many women I know that would never take themselves to a movie Mm. by themselves or would never go out to dinner or to like to a nice bar by themselves right they just would never do it and I feel like that's kind of an important step in seducing yourself, right? It, it, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I haven't done that in so long. I used to take myself out a lot. And it's interesting as it's coming up now, because it was literally when I was in a big turning point in my relationship mm-hmm. with my body, really like coming to a place of more acceptance. I remember it was like eight years ago, eight-ish years ago. My first time to Strawberry Hot Springs, anyone local might know it outside of Steamboat, literally just decided to take myself a date there overnight. Mm-hmm. And like, Ooh, yeah. I got really lucky. I, if anyone knows Strawberry, it can be hard to like stay on the property. I called that week. I got a place on the property. I got a, you know, it was glorious, but I totally used to do, and I would call him like, I'm going on a date with myself for the week yep. and have the most fun. So I'm, I'm, what I'm taking away, I'm taking away more than this, but I'm like, I think I need to take myself out to a nice bar. Yes. Like a really nice nice wine bar or something like that. Like, okay. Live music, like enjoy it. Right. And and feel confident enough to walk in and know that you're, you know, you're fine. If there's a bouncer, you can always just tell the bouncer, look, I'm, I'm arriving alone. I'm leaving alone. And if I need help, can you walk me to my car? I mean, and they will. That's their job. They're happy to do that. So to keep you safe. Yeah. Very fun. Is there anything else just to kind of, you know, close this conversation that you'd like to share or expand upon? Hmm. We have gone around the globe and back. (laughs) But one thing I do, I just want to put into the mix is the power of breath work yes, and the power of breath work to uncover what's called your most negative personal law, which is worthy of another whole conversation, but breath work is an amazing tool to really move through some of these concepts. So yeah, it's the bomb and it rewires the brain. It can be incredibly healing, helps you release trauma and especially awesome when combined with conscious plant medicine too, can be really a super powerful combination. So, Mm. you know, for listeners, maybe those are some next steps, next things to explore tools that could be really easy to use and use at home too. Mm -hmm. So I have two things to say about if you're okay, time-wise one, I mean, I just have to I have to share this. It's personal, but Dawn supported me so deeply. And to give a specific example to this, she brought up breath work and this negative personal law concept. Breath work is hugely transformative. It's like just this year, it's dramatic. I mean, it's shifted me in so many ways and it's helped sustain me at a higher level of, I hate to use this word almost, but like performance or output, mm-hmm. right? I am in a, I am in a period of time where there's a lot of output and I'm somebody who wants to you know, tend to nourish myself a lot. Breathwork has really supported me being able to do that. 
with Don, we won't go into all the nuanced details, but after my book came out, Radical Embodiment came out end of April, and I went into some deep, like, vulnerability hangover, like, what the F did I just do? <laughs> like, anybody can read some of my most personal stories anytime. It was just the, the um, reality of that felt overwhelming to me. And through some breath work with Dawn, through some one-on-one breath work with Dawn, part of what we uncovered in some coaching was my negative personal law, which I didn't even know what that meant before then, which was like, I'm not wanted. Something that usually gets created in utero or at birth. Again, that is a whole other conversation, but I just wanted to like bring this up briefly of like, that was lingering in my system. And then I just put this like book out in the world. And of course, then I was like questioning so many relationships in my life. Like, am I wanted? Am I wanted? And here's this book that's like deeply <laughs> vulnerable and like, I'm not wanted. <laughs> it was through breath work that supported me in helping to slow that down and helping to create mm-hmm. some space so that that wasn't the belief that was driving me. That wasn't the mm-hmm. belief that was operating my inner knowings and come back into a more embodied, aware state of truth. Right. Yeah. It was huge. I'm yeah. so grateful. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing yeah. that story because that's huge. And breathwork is an amazing tool. So breathwork is an amazing tool. You can do it three minutes a day. That's right. Three it minutes doesn't have to be doesn't have to be 90 minutes, but yeah, we're the 90 minutes whole, great too. Yeah. Whole other conversation. So, and then you mentioned briefly, you mentioned plant medicine as well. I'm just going to ask, but so you are, you're, you purpose, you, you use cannabis, but are you talking about any plant medicine or I use cannabis as plant medicine. So, yeah. um, which is, you know, again, a, a deep topic also, but in combination with breath work in a really conscious healing way. And I teach that also. And I feel like it's a very underutilized medicine that, especially for women, so good for the woman's body, used yeah. in a really mindful, careful, conscious way. So yeah. it can be hugely helpful in granting insight, reducing pain, and really giving you a more expanded view of looking at things, especially when combined with breath work, when you're taking it, these are deep, deep topics. Like this is not, this is not your little Sunday afternoon stroll of (laughs) personal development here. So right. Right. This is like the true deep work. It's not, we're not staying on the surface level. Mm -hmm. We're really rewiring and thank you for bringing up the cannabis. Cause I I think that I'm no relates for also helping support women. And, Mm -hmm. you know, cause we've been talking a lot of this conversation around pleasure and sensuality. And I think probably too, you were just saying it helps, you know, open up more space or perception. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it also like helps women experience more readily without as much mental story, just Mm -hmm. their own sensuality. Yeah, I would agree. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dawn. Thank you so much. Welcome. Rich conversation that. Yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful. So thank you for sharing with everybody. Yeah, thank you. So to wrap up, if you could put it into one takeaway, which I know can be challenging to do, but what would be like your own personal main takeaway to, um, that everyone should know who wants to live a more radically embodied life? I would say find something that truly brings you pleasure every day and really experience that pleasure every Mm -hmm. day, whatever it is. Yeah. Can it be a different thing every day? It can be a different thing every day. Yes. (laughs) How delightful would that be? Oh gosh. Now I've got to find another pleasure for the day. Twist my arm. I have like 20 things that came to the top of my mind. Right. Right. Awesome. That's so good. I love that. Um, And how can someone find more about your work and your offerings? Oh, thank you. Um, At my website, dontod.com. And I've got a little gift bag for everyone. So if you go to dontod.com forward slash gift bag. There is a sacred pleasure rebel awakening power breathwork practice for you to download. So um, yeah, I think people will really appreciate it. And it's uh, an easy guided breathwork practice that can be some great tools to support this conversation. So cool. Thank you. So specific and tangible and helpful. Definitely yeah. take Don up on that gift. And yeah. I will have the dontod.com forward slash gift, gift, gift bag, gift bag in the, in the comments, in the show notes. So you can easily Thank find you. that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, thank you so much. You're great at interviewing. Thank you so much for this conversation. It's mm. just truly a delight and pleasure. You're most welcome. My, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> I, I, my friends all know that I always like to, I'm not the best at Spanish, but I always say it. And it's, tu placer es mi placer. I'm not saying oh, it right. Anyone who speaks Spanish is probably cringing, but your pleasure <laughs> is my pleasure. Your pleasure is my pleasure. I love that. Tu placer es mi placer. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Thanks everyone for tuning in, for listening and yeah, go follow Don Todd, follow her on social media, follow her work. And definitely, you know, definitely if you resonate with this conversation, take like, I would really encourage you to do that breathwork practice and have you. your own experience. Yeah. Awesome. Take care. All right. Hey, it's Amelia again. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you enjoyed it, please, if you haven't already, subscribed to the podcast Radical Embodiment. Download the episode and share it with your friends, family, community. The way Radical Embodiment is growing right now is simply through word of mouth, most specifically women sharing with other women. So please like, subscribe, share, and tune into the next episode.